CTBK is more than just a full-service accounting firm. They are one team with an innovative approach to accounting and rise to each new challenge with collaborative problem-solving skills. CTBK goes above and beyond by lending helping hands in the Buffalo and Niagara community through volunteer work and donations and has partnered up with Victory Sports for 2020 and 2021 to keep kids in the community active. The professionals at CTBK are determined to help individuals and businesses succeed. Whether a large corporation, a small business, or somewhere in between, call CTBK at 716-630-2400. Again, 716-630-2400, and see what CTBK's one-team approach can do for you. Welcome to another edition of Tim Graham and Friends, brought to you by CTBK, CPAs and Business Consultants. I'm Tim Graham of The Athletic. Here with my usual co-host, uh, Jonah Bronstein of the New Bronstein Times. Uh, and uh, joined on this episode also, graciously, by Shalise Manza-Young, Yahoo Sports columnist. You've also seen her work in the Boston Globe, the Providence Journal, former New England Patriots beat writer, now covering the world of sports for Yahoo. And um, always like to check in with Shalise uh, in life, uh, but also to have her back on the podcast is great. Thanks for doing this, Shalise. Thanks for inviting me, Tim. Uh, there's a question that's been knocking around my head, and I don't really have an answer, uh, so we'll talk it out here uh, because there are three good candidates. Uh, I wanted to have you on just to explore this topic. Who is having the worst NFL offseason? Of, I'm talking about teams. Uh, we're mm -hmm. gonna we'll eliminate the league as a whole, or Roger Goodell, or whatever, uh, the whole mechanism. And I see I see three candidates. Maybe there's more if we want to get creative. You have the Cleveland Browns and Deshaun Watson. What's going on with Jimmy Haslam? Who he's also talking about needing a new stadium. He's he's got a kind of new one but it's falling apart. The team is falling apart. Of course, they're fresh in the news with Baker Mayfield being traded yesterday to the Carolina Panthers. Uh, I think candidate number two, the Miami Dolphins, Stephen Ross and his decision to fire Brian Flores, which causes a class action lawsuit that is embarrassing the NFL. And then the failed plans as have been reported uh, regarding a, uh, trying to get uh, Sean Payton to be the coach and Tom Brady to be the quarterback only to have all that blow up in their face or the Washington commanders and Daniel Snyder and his refusal to testify in front of Congress and that ongoing investigation, which only the NFL investigation anyway, not ongoing, but uh, which only seems to have punished the Las Vegas Raiders uh, bringing about embarrassing uh emails and, and, and communications from John Gruden. So it takes down uh, somebody who I think at some point would have been considered Hall of Fame material. Well, he's now out of the ring of honor in, in Tampa. I don't think he's going to Canton. So Shalise, I'll, I'll roll that at your feet. Uh, where do you want to start on this? And do you have, uh, is there a, a shoe in in your mind or, or is this a, is this a, is this a race? <laughs> My, my first reaction is yikes. Um, the craziest thing is at this point, like 
as we record this on July 7th, Miami almost seems to be number three on that list. (laughs) They obviously ate up so many headlines um, starting on February 1st, which is when Brian Flores' legal team on the first day of Black History Month decided to drop his historic lawsuit against the league. Um, The Cleveland, I feel like it's the Browns only because, and it's, there's many reasons why they could all, I think, sort of be number one, but the Browns are still in the thick of it and their current issues are completely of their own making and completely avoidable. They are the ones who despite 22 women at the time having filed civil lawsuits against Deshaun Watson, alleging various degrees of sexual misconduct and sexual harassment, signed him to a fully guaranteed $230 million contract, which by the way, had a special carve out for lack of a better word, that would make sure that if he is suspended for this year, he's minimally financially penalized because, you know, that's really what's important in this situation. Um, And so, you know, I, I think I, like I said, it's a very ignominious list, but I think I would lean Browns just because it's a, it's a problem completely of their own doing. It seems like with Washington, they're not a great team, but the Daniel Snyder stuff sort of seems to be separate from the team stuff, but everybody is involved in this Browns crap, um, you know, from, from the Haslam's on down sitting there and saying, well, we checked in with our daughters and they said, it's okay. Okay. Sure. Yeah. That's a great point. You can take a look at the other two. If you're a fan of, well, all right. If you're the, if you're a fan of Washington, you know, I don't think that uh, it's hard. It's hard. I, I, I guess I can feel sorry for the Washington fans because you don't get to pick your owner. Well, you don't get to pick a lot of stuff, really. I mean, I guess you, let's face it. You don't get to pick your quarterback or anything else. You don't, you don't have any say uh, other than voting with your wallets. But um, the other two, the Miami Dolphins and the Cleveland Browns, if you're a fan of those teams, you're ashamed of what you see on the field. Uh, you're ashamed that, you know, we had a pretty good coach in Brian Flores. I thought he was doing very well. And he mm-hmm. got, and we screwed him over. Mm-hmm. Um, we had, uh, you know, the idea of our quarterback and the, the going back and forth, although they were flirting with Deshaun Watson pretty hard last year yes. too. Yeah. Uh, and then Cleveland, I, I, you know, I'm from Cleveland originally, and I, and I haven't really spoken with a lot of my family about it or anything, but I guess it's gotta be hard to be a Cleveland Browns fan, uh, to have Deshaun Watson at your, as your quarterback, um, and to dis and to divorce the at to divorce yourself from the fact of what he's done as a human, what he's allegedly done as a human being. uh, Although the volume of accusations is, is incredible Mm -hmm. uh, versus the fact that he might be able to win us a couple of playoff games. I guess he, you know, potentially could win you a Super Bowl. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger Steelers fans had to uh, rationalize that or reconcile it. Uh, and that was a fraction of what Deshaun Watson was accused of. 
So there's no question in there. I guess I'm just saying that Washington, <laughs> maybe we eliminate Jack Del Rio though. Let's not forget him. Oh, Jack Del Rio, that little, um, you know, tourist visit through, through the, you know, capital through, <laughs> through the halls of the capital. Then can I make the case for Washington being the worst? Is that because yeah. if, we, if we picked our three, Shalise picked Cleveland and you are going down to take I know. I think I, I think I agree. I think I agree with Cleveland okay. and the fact too, that and Shalise raised the point off the top. That one's not done yet. I mean, the other ones should be done and aren't because the NFL has dragged its feet slash been its usual incompetent self when investigating management. Um, but, you know, the, the NFL, I guess, in its mind, has closed the Washington investigation, although politicians uh, are keeping it alive. Haven't they I, I opened think- actually a second investigation since the second woman, uh, the woman Tiffany Johnston, who made her public accusation on Capitol Hill earlier this year? I believe they've now opened a second investigation. Right, right. Whether right. or not we'll actually find out the details of that, who yes. knows? Um, that is that's more the NFL. You know, we said we were, we were going to leave the NFL out of this, but that was one of my columns this week was the, and I think I've written it before, like Roger Goodell slash the league looks worse and worse and worse in the, you know, one year and one week since that um, release went out on July 1st of last year talking about, Oh yeah, here's, we're $10 million fine. And he's not really going to be in charge anymore. Wink, wink. And you know, that we have guardrails in place and all that other bullshit. Like, I'm sorry. That's, I will always go back to what, why are they protecting him so fiercely? I refuse. If somebody paid $4 billion for the Denver Broncos, somebody clearly would pay that, that amount of money for Washington. It's one of the signature franchises in the NFL, or it used to be. Somebody would pay that much money and at least in theory would be a little bit more likable and less gross than Daniel Snyder has been. And isn't what, Washington, what Daniel Snyder has done, and, and I'm saying this a, a bit without having gone back and, and actually researched what happened in Carolina and doing a you know, a pro and kind of tail with the tape type situation. Like it's a boxing match, you know, all the different charges, but it sure seems that what Daniel Snyder has been accused of, and let's not forget the, uh, you know, the, the withholding of revenues and all this other stuff. It sure seems like what Daniel Snyder has been accused of is a lot worse than what Jerry Richardson was accused of. And the NFL chased him off pretty quickly, but anyway, I also don't want to derail. So I don't know, Jonah, I just want to bring you in and what your, your case, since we're talking about Washington and you wanted to state a case, maybe we're going to talk ourselves. Well, no, I mean, you, you kind of went in the direction that I wanted to go in. Um, and, and I was going to ask Shalise, you know, what, what needs to happen or why haven't we gotten to a point where Daniel Snyder is forced or being compelled to sell the team like Jerry Richardson was, like Donald Sterling had been in a different type of situation, but it seems like the black eye for the NFL is similar than it was for the NBA in that situation. And I would say not that I don't know if I'm comfortable kind of ranking all the different misdeeds and who's done what and saying, which who's a worse person or which franchise has been the worst. But I would say that what Washington has is a, a series of issues going back several, several years and really something systemic from ownership on down through the whole culture of the organization um, and incidences that even trickle down to the coaching staff. And 
I don't know if they have a clean record with the players, but probably things that have been looked the other way involving players over the years where it seems like something needs to change, something very big needs to change. I think of those three franchises, if any of those teams, if any team in the NFL has lost fans over the last number of years, this is probably the team that has done the most. And at what point is it in the NFL's best interest to get a new owner there and and push for a change? Oh, and let me bring up one other point that I guess – you know, if you're listening to this, uh, maybe you're screaming, uh, sc- screaming into the into the void, uh, hoping we bring it up. What da- what's happening with Washington has hurt the league mm-hmm. immensely from a stadium standpoint. It's one of the rare occasions where nobody wants them. They're getting turned down by all the different <laughs> political arms that could help them out financially. And we did talk about this uh, uh, on a previous podcast about how the Buffalo Bills got their, uh, what is it, uh, however, almost a billion dollars uh, in public money, kind of under it. the wire. And now you have this distaste of helping out owners and it's, it's spread and it's a national political movement among some. You know, it's been bills have been introduced. They're probably not going to get passed because they won't get through the the Senate who has, you know, a lot, you know, they're. They want to protect business and, and giving out um, uh, handouts to, to billionaire businessmen is, is popular there. Uh, but Daniel Snyder, you know, building stadiums is a big part of the NFL's paradigm of growth. If, if not adding teams to the league, we're going to build, build bigger and better stadiums and revenue streams. And, and if nobody wants Washington, that's hurting the other 31 owners. I think to Jonah's point really quickly, I think the reason, part of the reason why my understanding from, from talking to my colleague, Charles Robinson as well, is part of the reason why he hasn't to this point been forced out is because Daniel Snyder is ridiculously litigious. And so if they, you know, it's kind of like a staring contest, basically, you know, just a billionaire game of who blinks first and, if the league tries to push him out, he has dirt on them too. Um, And I think that's a big part of it, but to the, to the broader point, to Tim's point, you know, it's not even just the dirty deeds. It's that he has sullied what used to be a great brand, you know, whether, whether you liked the Redskins name or not, which obviously it had to be changed, but you know, Washington used to be a premier, premier franchise in the NFL. It is in one of the biggest media markets in the country, which that doesn't matter as much nowadays, but it's still in a big city. It's in a diverse area, one of the most diverse areas in the country, really. It's in the nation's capital. The stadium is a dump. I mean, we all remember what happened at the end of the season with that Eagles game when the fans, the rail gave loose. They just announced the sites for um, the World Cup, the men's World Cup that's going to be in North America in a couple of years. And the Washington Stadium isn't even, it's not even going to, there's not even going to be a World Cup game in the capital of the United States because that stadium is such a dump. And they, because it's such a dump, they tried to, I think, put the Ravens Stadium into the mix and pair Baltimore and DC together. And it still wasn't chosen. So it's, it's not just that Daniel Snyder himself as a jerk. It's not that we have 20 years of him just terrible behavior, suing like grandmothers who are 40 year season ticket holders because, you know, when the housing 
crisis happened in 2008, you know, this real estate agent granny couldn't afford to pay all of her season ticket money in one lump sum. He sued her. I mean, come on. You know, there's just story after story of all this stuff, let alone the sexual harassment, the in-office stuff. He's just, he's terrible for the brand. And I have to believe that it comes back to he has as much crap on the league and the other owners as they have on him. And so the women who are victimized by the workplace culture in, in Washington are, you know, thrown under the bus in all of this. And it's, it's just terrible. It really is. I mean, you know, Jonah, you make a fair argument because, but you could all also almost make the argument that this is a multi-year thing for Washington <laughs> in terms of bad off seasons, bad in seasons. I mean, they traded for Carson Wentz, like he's the answer, you know, even on the field, are they going to be great? The, the Browns thing, just the audacity of it to me is so gross. Um, but Washington has a hell of an argument. What about the possibility or um, it seems to be in some way stealing money or hiding revenue, hiding revenue sharing from the rest of the league? Is that a bridge too far when you break the kind of financial contract that these owners have with each other? I don't know what you think, Tim, but I think it will depend on if we see the numbers. You know, if we find out he was hiding I don't know, a half a million dollars here, a half a million dollars there. And maybe I, they all do that in a yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, and that's, that's sort of, because I'm a pessimist when it comes to the NFL, I think that's part of the reason why they're not doing much on this workplace stuff so far, because I think a lot of these owners are like, oh crap, this happens in my office all the time too. So if we come down hard on him and my stuff comes out, they might come down hard on me. I, I have no faith of the NFL ever doing the right thing in any. Yeah. I'm, I'm a cynic in that regard too. I'll, I'll, <laughs> Cause just think about, it. I mean, if, if we just play it out as a hypothetical, if you have all 32 owners with a, uh, a wink, wink, and you're all allowed to do some kind of fudging, the only people you're hurting are the players because it affects, you know, you're going to impact the salary cap and yeah, there's right. revenue sharing and this, that, and the other, but you know, the NFL has done some things where they, they tweet there. There's little things that are grandfathered in for the big market teams. Uh, and namely it's your preseason games where you're allowed to have your own broadcast teams. That's why you see a totally different set of broadcasters for a preseason game that you do for the national broadcasts. Every team brings out their little unit uh, and they sell it with all their ads. It's all local ads. Uh, same thing with the radio deals. You don't have to consider that. And that was kind of a carve out to, um, to keep people like Jerry Jones and John Mara happy. And of course, you know, Daniel Snyder not, or whoever the owner of the Washington uh, R words uh, were at the time. Um, then, so there, maybe there's other things too that are just kind of considered acceptable practices within the league office. Um, so yeah, there's that aspect of it that it, it maybe that if we don't hear more about that, uh, as time goes on, or if it doesn't get traction as something that's really bad, uh, then I think we are right to be extra suspicious because you're right, Jonah. I, I do think that that's a big one. Um, I think, though, to bring Miami back into the conversation, I've said this from the beginning. Um, I've thought that the Miami situation is the most dangerous for the NFL because of the class action lawsuit. Now, that hasn't really gotten the traction 
that I thought it would, although it's still very much alive. And there've been some victories along the way as the NFL tries to get it dismissed and, and all these other things. Um, and so I don't know, Shalise, I'll ask you your thoughts on that. On Brian Flores' lawsuit, we heard some, some tough allegations right off the bat from Hugh Jackson that he kind of walked back. And, um, but what, what do you think about that lawsuit and its potential uh, to, to make an impact in the NFL? Or have you lost faith in that in the, what's it been, five months since it was announced? I'm disappointed that more men haven't stepped forward because as you know, it's not like what Brian is alleging is new. You know, if you talk to almost any black man who has spent any amount of time, either as an NFL assistant coach or in an NFL front office, they all know, you know, they all know that you're not going to get hired. You know, you have to be an absolute unicorn you have to, you know, if you turn down an interview, even when you know that the interview is solely for them to check the box of the Rooney rule, then they're going to, you know, it's a damned if you do and damned if you don't sort of thing. You have to go to those interviews, even when you know that they're not legitimate interviews. You know, it's, it's disappointing that only two other men have stepped forward. I, I understand for younger coaches that it's terrifying probably to blow up (laughs) your career aspirations. However, there are older coaches, more older coaches, I hope, and I know that feel the same way and their strength in numbers. You know, it's the same thing with the Deshaun Watson situation. It becomes eminently more believable to more and more and more people, even though there are some jackasses who still doubt all of this, but 24 women, who all have very similar stories alleging the same thing, it's really hard to deny that in the same way when Brian Flores was out there on an island before he was joined by the two men who joined him, it was very easy to paint him as just a bitter black man. He got fired, so he's whining and da-da-da-da-da. Well, now there's three, so there's strength in numbers, but if that number grows to eight or 10 or 12 or more, it just becomes a lot harder to deny. And we need more people... I'm totally drawing a blank on the coach who's the white coach who stepped forward and said, yes, this happens. Um, Was it Wisenhunt? Well, yeah, but you know, also an Arizona connection, Steve Wilkes. I mean, I don't know that he's really stepped forward, but he was let go after one season so that the Cardinals could hire Cliff Kingsbury. And maybe that's become a self-fulfilling prophecy, but he didn't have much improvement in his first season. And he, of course, had double-digit wins last year uh, with Kyler Murray. And you find your quarterback, and that's the type of stuff that happens. I'm sure Steve Wilkes would have liked to have had Kyler Murray. Um, there's multiple, for- you know, there's there's multiple coaches, head coaches, assistant coaches. I mean, it, it's just. But Steve Wilkes would like to keep working in the NFL. It takes a guy right. like Brian Flores, who is right. willing to pretty much burn down his career. Uh, for the sake of of standing up for what he feels is right. A lot of people think that, you know, it's uh, it's him being bitter uh, over being fired or whatever, but the guys just put his career up in flames. Uh, and I think there's something to be said for his willingness to do that. I mean, it wasn't as think, though he just did it in the moment. Worth, like, no, know, I'm like, sorry. Uh, I, hell, like he did it as a whim, like, ah, screw no. it. And then a week later was like, man, I shouldn't have done that. Uh, he that was he had to do it. Or at least think, he, he had to 
he put him, he put himself and his career on the line for this. I think, and you know, I've gotten the chance to see Brian Flores since he filed the lawsuit. I saw him in New York city in late March, I think. And he is very resolute. You know, I think the NFL probably, and they probably still believe this, that they were able to, you know, get him in, in the meeting room and slide a check across the table and say, you know, tell us how many zeros we have to put on it and let's just make this whole thing go away. I don't think that that's going to happen, you know, with the caveat that everybody have a, has a price, but Flo is, he's just not the one, you know, he's not somebody who's going to cave. I think he's in this to the end. I hope he's in it till the end, because I think this, something needs to change. You know, when we're talking about, as you said, this is, this lawsuit is potentially the most dangerous for the league of the things that we're talking about. Um, although you could make the argument <laughs> that the Browns screwed the rest of the owners with their Deshaun Watson contract, because if you're, I don't know, Joe Burrow <laughs> and your con your, your right. contracts coming up and you could be like, hold on a second. This guy got $230 million guaranteed with sexual assault allegations floating <laughs> out there. You better just back up a whole bank to my front door because as far as we know to this point, Joe Burrow is spotless and yeah, hey, he's more successful. Mike as Brown, a you better not bring up the fact that I'm ad, that I, that I'm vocal on abortion and gun safety uh, during this negotiation, because yep. I got something to shoot back right at you exactly. uh, within your own division about exactly. who gets paid uh, and, and what they do off the field. Exactly. Now this it's, it, I think, you know, like I said, Flores' lawsuit has the potential to be, um, hopefully, bring about, you know, real revolutionary change in the NFL. Um, we've seen that it takes time. I mean, look, it's only been, I think last year, there were 10 starting quarterbacks, there were 10 black starting quarterbacks for week one, and that was the most ever. Still only, you know, not even a third of the league, but the fact we are seeing more black GMs just today, we saw the announcement uh, or the news that the, the Raiders are hiring a black woman to be their team president, which is amazing. Um, so we're seeing some change in the front office, but I that's think that's another team that's had a rough off season. Also I don't think they, off season. they don't make the cut. They don't make this other cut, but well, I mean, because- bringing in Colin Kaepernick, do you think, all right, here's the cynic in me. Do you think that the Raiders are making moves because they don't want to be they don't want to get into this conversation. So I'm not thinking they're listening to Tim Graham and friends brought to you by CTBK CPAs and business consultants. It's funny but because the, I was the messy. whole idea about this is, Hey, let's bring in Kaepernick. You know, we'll, we'll show that we have an open mind about this shit. And all right, let's hire a, a black woman to be our president. There's, there's nothing wrong going on here. I was just texting since the news came out of, of their hire. Um, I was just texting with a source I have in the Raiders front office, and he said that Mark Davis has finally gotten rid of all the people who were basically taking advantage of Mark. And now it's Mark's, you know, Mark's making the the decisions. Um, So I think when you see the hiring of the new team president, um, bringing in Colin Kaepernick, I think those things are Mark driven. Let's not forget, Mark Davis bought the Las Vegas WNBA team also. So he's, you know, the apple hasn't fallen too far from the tree in terms of, you know, the, the things that his father did in terms of being, I guess, a rebel, at least in, in NFL ownership circles. 
um, and actually looking at human beings as human beings, uh, first and foremost, and capable, no matter what they look like, uh, man, woman, ethnic background, whatever the case may be. I mean, haircut. how many times have we talked to Amy Trask? Oh, of course, haircut. Yeah, haircut. Um, you know, you don't want to judge anybody by a haircut. <laughs> he's in the Raiders he's, organization. He's not the, you know, most fashionable guy, Mark Davis, but in terms of NFL franchise owners, he's freaking amazing compared to, to his peers. I, I'll tell you this. So I have, uh, I mean, this is a totally anecdotal, but I've had a couple of interactions with Mark Davis, just human being wise. I ran into him at one point at the, um, it was at the pro football hall of fame induction. I can't remember. I think it was the year Ken Stabler got in and I bumped into him. He had no press around or no, um, executives or a PR person around him. And I bumped into him and he gave, and I got a quote and I, you generally, you get the brush off, you know, they don't, they see the media and they run the other way. And of course he's during the bills uh, stadium deal. He's always uh, accessible and seemed to be a nice guy. That doesn't mean anything necessarily. I'm just talking about, um, but I had uh, my nephew ended up meeting me at the uh, hall of fame hotel because he lives in Northeast Ohio and he met me and we were having a, uh, um, dinner there and in the booth next to us sit Mark Davis and Ted Hendricks. And my nephew is geeking out. And all of a sudden we notice there's kind of hall of famers all over. And he overheard us talking, Mark Davis did. And uh, he came over and Ted Hendricks came over too and said, Hey, do you want a picture? Cause he knew he was just having a good time. And I was like, you know, that's pretty cool. He didn't have to do that. And he posed for, he like offered it because he overheard whatever my nephew was saying about how cool this is. I, you know, I, I, I can't believe I'm here. It was just kind of a nice thing to do, but that doesn't necessarily mean you're, uh, that doesn't make you a prince of a man. No, that or do your acid wash jeans as, as stylish as those acid wash jeans are. <laughs> they're all they don't they're guarantee all anything about your, about the, 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 uh, the makeup of, uh, of your spirit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, I mean, you could probably find similar stories about Jerry Jones in terms of like being friendly. I'm sure they're usually women. Um, but we've are, seen some of those pictures, right? but you know, I, again, I, they're all complicated creatures. I, you know, I, I don't think Mark Davis should be helped put up for a Nobel peace prize or whatever, but I probably shouldn't even have mentioned the... what I just mentioned because it really doesn't matter. I mean, just there are nice people. Awful people can do nice things. Awful. So people I don't even know what nice I'm trying things. to say when I told that story. He could have. He could have done nothing, though. Like, I mean, he didn't True. have to do anything. Um, but it's a small feather in in his cap, I think. <laughs> like one of those little feathers from a down pillow, like that sneak out of the pillow sometimes, <laughs> like that little or it sticks to your clothes it's true like that it's true. and you're kind of like it's a feather he did something he could have not done anything um it, you know they're all complicated i think you know like i said at the end of the day relative to most of the other owners it seems like davis uh at least you know like i said like his father sees human beings as human beings he clearly you know to buy into the to buy the WNBA team the aces uh, I think he's also footing the bill for a new practice facility for them. So they'll have a team headquarters and stuff like that. 
you know, well, that's, that's good to hear. I mean, you're right. Yeah. And um, you're right. It does. It does Could matter. Be, and it's, well, when I say good to hear it, the, the part where you say that he had some people around him that were that were uh, taking advantage. Yeah, that, that is. In, it's encouraging to me that. All right. Maybe maybe Mark Davis is all right. You know, you, the things that you're saying about Dan Snyder. Um, I, I don't think that you can blame on the people around him because he is such a micromanager. And, you know, the, the infamous stories about when you run into him and say, hi, Dan, or something like that. And he'll correct you and say, it's Mr. Yeah. Snyder. Yeah. You know, yeah. fuck you. I mean, that's just, that's, that beha- there was somebody, I think it was Andrew Brandt on Twitter. He tweeted something about that. Like somebody who was, you know, not quite as wealthy maybe as Dan Snyder is, but somebody who was, you know, I think their kid was at Dan's house for a play date with one of Dan's kids or something like that. And the parent was like, Hey Dan. And he was like, it's Mr. Snyder's. Are you freaking kidding me? Like I am, it's, it's a parent, it's a fellow parent. Their kid was at your house to hang out and do whatever, you know, this is not some $15 an hour underling in the ticketing department, you know, that, you demand fealty from them at all times. He's, he's on another level. And I, I do, I really do think at the end of the day, the fact that he could go nuclear on the league, if the league tried to shove him out is a big part of what's happening behind the scenes in all of this. Um, It's all a mess. It's all a mess. The NFL is just biding its time and hoping whatever the first Thursday in September. So they have the, Season opener between the Rams. Bills at Rams. And, yeah, Bills Rams. They just need that to get here and, you know, hope that everybody forgets about it because they'll be too tied up in their fantasy teams and, and all of that kind of stuff to, to really care about sexual harassment and 175,000 massage therapists, not even all of them therapists. Like the last SI story said one woman was like, I don't know how to give massages, but I can do a skin treatment on your back and that he's so gross he's so gross it's so it's so gross and anybody who wants to believe that he is innocent is don't ever reach don't at me (laughs) don't at me i'm not saying i i don't know nah that it's complicated i know it's complicated to some people because Maybe some women he reached out to were fine to engage in some sort of sexual activity with him, but that does not mean that 25 to 30 women or whatever the number is did not, you know, and people who want to draw a parallel with Robert Kraft, the woman involved in the Robert Kraft situation, she knew what she was supposed to do. You know, she knew that she was supposed to provide a happy. She didn't press charges. He was was pulled over after he left the facility. Right. He was, he was, it was a prostitution thing. You know, that woman, for as far as we know, knew that part of the deal was she was supposed to provide a happy ending. The women who are making the accusations against Deshaun Watson went into it thinking that they were potentially going to have the franchise quarterback of the Houston Texans as a client when they're trying to start a micro business. And this thing, you know, the last Sports Illustrated, I'm sorry, the last Jenny Brentis New York Times story, when you know, he's using, oh, I'm just trying to support a black business. Screw you, dude. That makes me even more pissed about the whole thing because you're preying on your own community. 
you know, that you you sat doing it out of pride. Yeah. Oh, I'm just I'm just trying to support a black business. Like it's not hard enough for any woman, really, but especially a black woman to try to start her own business and maintain a business, a small business, a micro business. I could go on and on and on. This that case, it just infuriates me and disgusts me. And even more so that the Cleveland Browns are just like, eh, who, who gives a shit? If he wins a couple games for us, that's all we care about. Willing to hit on some other topics before we, uh, before we let you go, Shalise? Of course. Oh, and Jonah, too. Sorry, question. Jonah. Well, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, one thing I'm curious about with that, I don't know, this could get kind of dangerous territory because I don't want to accuse anybody of anything, but do we think Deshaun Watson is unique and an anomaly among – professional athletes or famous people in some of his behavior. And I don't know if that matters, but it just seems to me like Deshaun Watson might not be the only famous person behaving this way. So specific to, I have talked to one or two former players and there are several who have gone on the record on Twitter who have said in terms of massage, if you are serious about getting therapeutic massage, you find one to three maximum. And they're usually... And you go through the team. You usually go through the team or you just find somebody, you know, that can do the job that you need done, that can address, you know, if you and I go to our neighborhood day spa for a massage, they're going to do a very different massage on you and I than they're going to do on a professional... NFL athlete, you know, an elite level athlete, if you're talking about therapeutic massage and really they probably tend to be men just because they're a little bit stronger and can provide, um, a more thorough and deeper deep, you know, massage, mm-hmm. um, and stuff like that. I do look if does Sean Watson wanted happy endings or has some sort of fantasy or control thing or whatever, he had the money to do that, right? There are sex workers who are willing to be sex workers. They're, they're on board with what's going to happen. And the more money you can pay for discretion, like if that's your kink or that's what it is, that's fine. Like, but luring women under the idea that, you know, you can help their small business and then putting them in situations where, you know, multiple of them said, this wasn't cool. You know, there are, there are exchanges where they're saying he's apologizing for the way that he behaved. So he knew he had done something wrong and he still kept doing it. I mean, I think in any walk of life, famous people, not famous people, rich people, not rich people, people always do bad things. Um, But he had a ton to lose. And there were women who, multiple women who said, dude, what are you doing? And he kept going. So there's something not right. Um, You know, the most famous example in terms of like a massage therapist or, or somebody who works with you is Tom Brady. I mean, Tom Brady's so close to his guy, Alex Guerrero, Alex Guerrero is, I think, the godfather to Tom's two younger kids. Like, if, if Deshaun Watson really, really was interested in massage, 
because when he did his little bullshit press conference in March when the trade finally happened or whatever and he was pressed on it and he's like well you know timing and this and that dude even on your rookie contract you had the money to find one or two massage therapists and offer them let's say triple their usual rate if I call you at Tuesday at three o'clock and say, hey, I just had a really tough lift. Can you be here by five? And you're, you know, you're tripling their rate. You had the money for people to be at your beck and call if in fact that's what you were looking for. And I think you know, there's just so much evidence that points to he, didn't, he wasn't interested in actually having therapeutic massage. He has some kink, but again, if you have some sort of sexual kink, the thing is that everybody needs to be on board with that. And in reading the coverage, a lot of people weren't. But most notably, Jenny Vrentis' story, which is probably the best piece of journalism on the topic, unless you want to go back to the very initial parts of it. And you can probably, you know, com- try to compare apples to oranges. But Jenny Vrentis' story in The New York Times was sensational. But it sounded to me, like you say, the happy ending aspect of it. You kind of alluded to it early, early on in, in what you were saying there. It's almost like that wasn't even the point. To me, it sounds like, you know, a flasher. You know, it's yeah. about dominance. It's about yep. the surprise. I want to see your yep. reaction. Uh, I'm going to try to convince you to do something you don't want to do. You didn't mm-hmm. think you wanted to do it, but I'm going to make you do it or I'm going to make you look. Or um, when, when it was explained through her. Um, through the accusers in the, in the accusers own words. I mean, that's certainly what it sounded like. It sounded like a dominance aspect, which uh, again, I don't want to compare, but it sounds even more dangerous to me. It's, yeah. It seems like it's a power thing and yeah. women forever have been put in this impossible situation. You know, I've, I was in a, a situation when I was, Patriots beat reporter that, you know, a NFL GM at the, at the senior bowl was like, Oh, can I come back to your hotel room with you? And I told him no, but I couldn't say anything really beyond that because I'm the reporter. They're the GM. And I'm a woman at the time, the only black woman (laughs) covering any NFL team on a regular basis, I would have been, who knows what would have happened you know, threats. And if I had gone public with what had happened to me, who knows, you know? And so this is the things that we have to weigh all the time, because if I had said something, I might've been in danger. My family might've been in danger, but also professionally, I may have been blackballed, you know, that other NFL GMs and other coaches may have said, Oh, we're never talking to you again, because, you know, what did you do to make him say that I did nothing. You know, I was trying to do my job and get another source to, to do my job better. So this is, this, this is the situation that these women were in. You have the f- face of the franchise. We all remember when Deshaun Watson was drafted, you know, his first NFL paycheck went to the cafeteria workers at the stadium because they had just had the hurricane and, and he's doing all these charitable things and, the Warwick Dunn Habitat for Humanity stuff. And so he's on this path, you know, one step away from getting a freaking halo. And you're going to make this accusation that he tried to force you to perform oral sex on him. You are going to be shouted down. You are going to be shouted down. So these women were just put in this impossible situation. And fortunately, 
you know, Ashley Solis, bless that woman, because I know she's still pushing forward and she did not take the settlement money yet. So she's going to fight. And, but it takes, you know, like we talked about with Brian Flores, it takes one or two people who have absolute courage of their convictions and they know they were done wrong and they're not going to sit by and let it happen. But yeah, it's like you said, Tim, it just, it seems like it was some kind of power thing the insistence that they always be alone, the insistence that he has his own little face cloth that sounded like instead of, you know, they bring sheets, bed sheets, and he's like, oh, I have this little face cloth. Don't worry about it. And it's like, it's just the right size. <sighs> it's try, trial and error. I've been, I've been using it. I know how to use this thing. Um, you said other topics, so <laughs> we can do other topics because I really right. Oh, I was just gonna just to forever. one 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 last part to throw in about that we have left out because you mentioned having your own stuff. I mean, he was supplied. You know, the Houston Texans are now involved in this lawsuit as a uh, defendant uh, mm-hmm. because they knew about it. And uh, Tony Busby, the attorney for the uh, the accusers, um, so I, I just wanted to mention that aspect of it too. Uh, the Houston Texans aren't off, uh, aren't off the hook. And their How director of security gave him an NDA. Well, in light of that, because a lot of these things all happened in previous seasons, multiple years ago. How did, how does the NFL get caught so flat footed in that they're just litigating this and figuring it out now and couldn't have come to more conclusions a year ago when Deshaun Watson wasn't playing at all. And I don't know if they could have prevented the trade, but maybe advised teams not to uh, make a trade for Deshaun Watson until they knew everything that was going to happen and it was at least resolved. That's a great. That's a great point because the trade also, as we talked about earlier, uh, begat an explosive contract that is going to affect all the teams. It's going to affect all the quarterbacks who come after um, because it's the standard now in terms of not only you're willing to give this kind of money to somebody who has been accused of X, but you are just willing to pay period, even for a great quarterback. So Josh Allen could look at Deshaun Watson's contract and say, well, time for me to you know tear up mine, although he just signed it. That's a bad example, but any really good quarterback now has that as the comparison. Did the NFL do a disservice to its other owners by not, you know, maybe just, we're throwing a lot at Cleveland for not having done a more thorough investigation, which it should have done. I'm not going to get, but yeah, where's the NFL's culpability in an investigation? I think once the two grand juries came back and declined to press criminal charges against him, it just sort of became, that was a head fake. I mean, that, yeah. that was an okie doke there. I mean, the NFL just, yeah, they just looked at that and been like, all right, we're not going to And Adam Schefter's unfortunate tweet oh. uh, about the you know well this they knew all along he he didn't say but it was essentially it only goes to show you you know he 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 knew he he maintained his innocence and this is why well there was still there were still 20 some others to go right no i think i think it, it it was obvious because that's exactly how it went down is as soon as the two grand juries declined to press criminal charges against him then it just became open season uh, and, and any of the teams that were interested Oops. in acquiring him went forward. And of course, now we're waiting to see what the decision is in terms of his um, suspension or whatever punishment he's, whatever formal punishment he's going to get from the NFL. He did not play last year, but 
it didn't sound like he wanted to play for the Texans last year regardless. So I know, I think it was um, Mike Florio floated his own theory or possibility of punishment. If you say that, you know, Deshaun didn't play last year. So then if you tack on eight games this year, I don't agree with that because Deshaun wasn't going to play last year, regardless, according to him, you know, he did not want to play for the Houston Texans anymore. The Texans weren't going to trade him because they had literally just signed him to a brand new contract. And so they were in the midst of a staring contest. So if Deshaun Watson didn't play last year, there was no punishment. He still got all of his money. He didn't, you know, have to, he wasn't mandated to undergo any sort of counseling or whatever the case may be. And so this punishment, I have said publicly on, on a different program, I think it should be one game for every woman who filed a civil complaint against him. Um, uh, you know, I, Ben Roethlisberger I, got what? How many games did he get? Four? Was he it? got six. Wasn't it like six? And then he appealed it down to four. I'll have to look that up. But yeah, it, it was right. one. It wasn't, it wasn't a full year. It was not a full year. I think, you know. But it was one accuser. It was one accuser. Yes. This is. Or multiple. one incident. It was multiple. Um, maybe it was two on Ben. Maybe. Um, it's, it's just. At the end of the day, playing in the NFL is not a right. Four games. You know, playing in the NFL. 2010, four games. For four ben games. Yeah, I think, I think initially it was six, and then he appealed it down to four. Um, this new process, you know, with um, the third party, the former judge um, who now has heard this case and everything like that, she is paid by the NFLPA and the NFL, which should make her unbiased in theory. Um, and it well, doesn't the, first- the, doesn't the PA also have a vested interest in wanting to protect this contract and say everything's all right. Yes, of course. And, uh, and there's, I've seen for all the reasons reports. we just talked about, this is a right. new standard contract, right? This is a new standard in contract. The PA has to protect him because he is a member of the PA. I hope that they feel icky about protecting this particular <laughs> member of the PA because this isn't, you know, it's not like deflate gate to bring up a terrible time in my past having to cover that crap, but it's not like deflate gate where he was accused of some deflating footballs. Like this is two dozen women accusing this man of various degrees of sexual misconduct and, and misbehavior um, and harming them mentally, physically, emotionally, whatever the case may be. So I'm very interested to see what the end result is. I hope it's a year at minimum. Um, You know what I would like to see? I would, because his contract is set up to absorb a year long suspension in in 2022, I would like to see the NFL and which it has done so many times in the past when it just drops that suspension on you in the middle of the season or whatever, it's done it before wait until December Mm. and then suspend them for however many games, including the playoffs. It costs Cleveland the playoffs and then some games next year too. Yeah. I, I, it's because, and I want to say too, I have never had an affinity for Baker Mayfield. I did enjoy his uh, progressive commercials. I thought they were pretty good, (laughs) but I've never really had an affinity for Baker Mayfield, uh, the quarterback, uh, but I'm rooting for this guy now. I mean, you the know, guy got screwed over so badly. 
he it's obviously conditional fifth round pick a conditional fifth round pick it seemed clearly that relationship was beyond repair but it is hilarious to say that to hear the reports that the browns wanted an adult in the room and right. so they signed deshaun right. watson yeah. for 230 million dollars guaranteed really all right so that's, i know you gotta go adult in the room i know you gotta go shalice and you got family obligations and we like to talk about the memorabilia in the background, but uh, I like your memorabilia uh, back there. You got a lot of game used uh, drawings. Um, I'll leave the last question with Jonah because uh, he wanted, he had a basketball question for you. Well, not really a basketball question for you, but go ahead, Jonah. Uh, well, it's less a question than a topic, but I mean, lead story on Yahoo sports right now is Brittany Griner, her trial in Russia, starting her pleading guilty. I'm just curious how closely you're following that and what you think about, I think for a while we, th there was a lot of talk. We had it amongst ourselves and others. Why isn't this getting more media attention? Now it, it does seem to be more in the, the news of late, but w what do you think about the way that story has developed over the last few months? I think initially the family and her agents were told not to talk about it too much um, because she is a very public person in terms of, um, you know, particularly for this situation, who becomes a political prisoner in Russia. It sounds like she pled guilty today to sort of hopefully grease the mechanism to eventually set her free. My understanding or what I've read is that 99% of all criminal cases, the person found guilty in Russia anyway. Um, so this was her sort of falling on the sword, I guess, for lack of a better phrase, but that doesn't, it's just, it's scary and it's heartbreaking. And I think at its root, what we should never forget is the reason why she went to Russia in the first place is because the WNBA does not pay its players well enough. And I am not saying, and the WNBA players have never said that they should make the same amount of money that NBA players do, but the max contract for a player like Brittany Griner in the WNBA is 250 grand. She was making four times that in Russia. So that's why she was there. And the people that I have seen on Twitter, whether they're real or bots or whatever, who are saying, well, she deserves what she gets. She was over there doing drugs. She had a micro amount, allegedly, of hashish oil on her. And she is a gay black woman in a country that does not like any of those three things. They don't like gay people. They don't like women and they don't like black people. She should and be allowed American, to have hashish. Uh, yes, but also American police have planted drugs on black people also. So if you just want to believe the lie, believe that just take the story that, oh, yeah, she was carrying all this stuff on her. Maybe she was. Maybe she was. And in the past, it hasn't been a problem. Are you saying and we can't trust the Russians? I am saying 100% you cannot trust the Russians. At the end of the day, what they, I know what she did today, and this is far more complicated than my pay grade and that kind of stuff. I think what happened today in the trial was done you know, to try to appease the Russians. If she says, fine, yes, I did what you're accusing me of, but I still would not hold out hope that this means she's going to be home even before the end of this calendar year. You know, this is a really complicated situation. It's possible that her and her WNBA career is over. You know, this could be years. You know, the other, I believe his last name is Waylon, 
the man who also that, you know, keeps coming up. He's been there, I think, since 2018. Um, this is really just a heartbreaking situation. And I feel most for Brittany and especially her wife, because, you know, you just can't imagine the heartbreak of your spouse being in Russia. You can't see them. You can't, you know, you couldn't even go to an American jail and, you know, hold hands over a table with guards watching. She can't, she can't see her. She can't hold her. She can't do anything. Um, it just sucks. You know, again, maybe Brittany Griner did bring some vape cartridges or whatever they were. Maybe she did. Cause in the past, the team that she plays for is, is owned by an oligarch oligarchs run Russia and maybe people have just turned a blind eye to it in the past. And this time, because of Ukraine and all this other stuff, they decided to make an example of her. I, and again, maybe they just planted it on her and made it all up because she is who she is. And she went over there. But at the root of all of this, because people keep saying, well, if it was Tom Brady, if it was LeBron James, they wouldn't have had to go over there in the first place because they are very well compensated for their skills. Brittany Griner is one of the 20 greatest women's basketball players who has ever walked the face of the earth. She shouldn't have to go to Russia to be well compensated. She should be able to be well compensated here. But, but if it was to that point, if it was one of the 20 greatest football players, basketball players, or, or maybe let's say hockey players, a, a sport where they might be more likely to go to Russia for some reason. Um, do you think it would be handled any differently? I don't know if the government can really do much more than it's been doing so far. I don't, I don't think so. I mean, we're talking about Russia. <laughs> we're talking about Vladimir Putin. In the midst I mean, of a war, yeah. Right, right. He, he, he doesn't give a shit. Like, we, we see this, you know? I don't think... And, and Is maybe... there an ambassador? Because you know who used to do things like this was Muhammad Ali. But, I mean, that's how big Muhammad Ali was. He would go into Iraq and free hostages. I mean, he did that. Yeah. Um, is there somebody like that? They could go um, over there and has that 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 um, resonance of I, I am mean, here. Arnold, hasn't you, Arnold Schwarzenegger spoken out really forcefully about how wrong it is that they invaded Ukraine? I mean, yeah. could he do it? He's I, I imagine he's not from Russia, but he's from this like that Eastern Bloc Soviet Union. Problem is that a lot of the Russian athletes are close with Putin. You know, right. and Alex Ovechkin, for instance, uh, you know, there isn't. They don't want I mean, to. Yeah, they, they want to be on a different side of his beliefs. I mean, if they yeah. speak out, they might end up dead, right? I mean, look at the, the female tennis player who accused from China, who accused one of the Chinese, you know, somebody in Chinese government of sexually assaulting her. We haven't, we've barely seen her since, you know. As somebody so, who's covered the National Hockey League uh, and and Russian players, I the, the the idea of the Russian mob having their their hands firmly on the shoulders of the players who are here in the United States, because they have access to the people back home. Mm -hmm. They have access to your loved ones uh, and the things that you are supposed to give back to the motherland uh, and, and, and loyalty and public relations. And if you don't, you better watch it. I mean, that's real. That is real. There's a That's why that there is some mystery around uh, a lot of uh, Russian athletes. Um, and, and who's behind them and who's 
you know, why they don't speak out on certain things. Uh, it's, or why they do speak out on the, on the, in, in defense of what seems to be indefensible. It's out of fear. And that's, that's very real. Or it's, or it's money. I mean, look, we've seen American golfers over the last few months defend the Saudi government. So yeah, maybe that's got, the, they got the analogy we should make, Shalise, right? Instead of, uh, oh, if this was Michael Jordan, no, maybe it's, we should be saying if this is Phil Mickelson, right? you know, they're, they're over there chasing, chasing money from, you know, so. Phil Mickelson, Greg Norman, hey, if you pay me enough money, I'll defend whatever you want me to defend. So yes. it's, it's, it might be along those same lines, you know, it's, you said, could, could somebody help? The first person I think of is, is Schwarzenegger. I know, you know, maybe I, I it's, it's just, it's frightening. It's, you know how David Hasselhoff is big in Germany. I wonder if there's somebody like off the wall, weird, who's really big in Russia, <laughs> like Polly Shore. I don't or, think there's uh, anybody. I think it would have to be like an organization. I don't know if the NHL is, is, could do it, or, you know, an oil company or somebody that does enough business in Russia to assert influence. I think yeah. probably the companies that would have an appetite for that have, have done it for Ukraine. Yeah. Already. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, McDonald's pulled out and they just uh, made a different McDonald's over there in Russia where they turn the golden arches on its side. <laughs> you know, it's like, see, see a McDonald's. Um, so Nike, I don't know. I don't know. I, right? I don't know if they're, I don't know what kind of business these companies do in Russia. I'm trying, I think she, I think she's sponsored by Nike. Um, I don't know how much money they've invested in her. That's, that's another podcast for another time is how black female athletes don't make nearly as much money in endorsements as white female athletes do. So I don't know how much money Nike has invested in Brittany Griner. It's, it's just, it's a heartbreaking situation. And the idea that she deserves to be a political prisoner because she may or may not have had a micro amount of, you know, a marijuana derivative is just insane. And you clearly have no idea what she's likely enduring right now. Um, if you think that, you know, she's, she's, she has what's coming to her and it, you know, it's fine that they're doing to her what they're doing to her. So it's just heartbreaking, but I think, you know, these things just move slowly. Um, and today was an incremental step forward, but I, I would not, from what little I know in the, you know, how much do any of us really know about what's, what's happening behind the scenes? Like, I just don't think that what happened today and her saying, I'm, you know, pleading guilty means that she'll be home next month or something like that. I think it's just Putin. Putin is Putin. I mean, he, he kills his own people. He kills a journalist. Um, Brittany Griner is leverage now. Yeah, she's not a a suspect or a prisoner more as as much as she's leverage. Right. He's not going to give her up for there's an arms dealer, I guess, or somebody that we have the United States has. So, you know, he's not just going to give her up out of the kindness of what remnants of a heart he may or may not have. So it's it sucks. And again, if if she brought something over, um because she's done it before and it was never a problem. If she just forgot, you know, if she were in the United States, she'd get a fine and we'd move on and, and, you know, say, you know, you were dumb for doing that if she really did it. But this is a whole other level. Like her life is in jeopardy. Her career is in jeopardy. Her life is in jeopardy. She's not, you know, at the local 
jail because she was stumbling through downtown Phoenix drunk one night. She's in Russia. She's a political prisoner in Russia. Shalise, thank you for doing this. I always enjoy it. And we could go longer, but uh, you don't want that. And I'm not going <laughs> to subject you to it. But uh, well, I'm gonna, means a I'm lot to me that you do this. I'm All right, go get them. Hopefully you're not late because of this. So, ah, we're good. And um, always good to talk through uh, things with you. I, I don't know that we came up with a consensus on who's having the worst off season. I think we made a solid case for all three. Mm-hmm. I think I'm still going with Cleveland, but uh, Jonah made a pretty good case for Washington. I, I At the beginning of this conversation, I eliminated Washington. We both did. And now I think Washington's my number two. How about a team that has a player suspended for betting on the league isn't even in the discussion? Yeah. And that's the other thing to go back to Deshaun. If you suspended Calvin Ridley for a year based on a couple of bets, you have to suspend Deshaun for at least a year. Right. I forgot about that. That's traditionally not how things have gone though. Pete Rose is banned from baseball for gambling and you know, but he gambled on his own team. Didn't he? Well, but it's always gambling. So Ridley. Always been the yeah. They were in parlays and they were to I think it was to win every time. But um, and that's what Pete Rose said he was doing also. Well, but. Cal, again, and Pete Calvin Rose Ridley had direct stupid because he just needed to use somebody else's name when he was right. gambling. Yeah. When he was Pete Rose was bets. actively participating in the games he was betting on. Ridley was injured at the time. Yeah. Uh, but still, I'm sure had inside information when you're talking about all these different bets that you can make on you know, who has, who's going to have more than three and a half catches. Well, hell, I know we're going to go to my buddy uh, pretty heavy in this game based on the opponent and what we're going to do. And that's not necessarily what really did, but that's where that's the dangerous stuff. You have uh, the inside info on the upcoming game plan. And you may think I'm not hurting anybody. uh, If I slip a little something to my friend or if, and your friend maybe becomes uh, somebody who's just an associate because they get their hooks in you some way because they're, you know, giving you drugs or they got you out of a jam. Uh, they got well, all the different, whatever. There's all kinds of ways for CD people to get their hooks in you. And then all of a sudden expect something in return. All right, Chili, I'm going to let you go. All right. Uh, because we're going to keep coming up with other things to prattle on about. <laughs> uh, thank you, Shalice. Thank you, Jonah. Thank you to everyone for listening and for watching Tim Graham and Friends brought to you by CTBK, CPAs, and business consultants. The financial needs of a business go beyond tax and attest services. That's why CTBK goes beyond accounting services and offers outsourced solutions through their affiliation with CFO Solutions Plus. These additional services allow clients to focus on their operational and long-term strategic goals. Trust CTBK's outsourced solutions to provide cost-effective, value-added financial services tailored to your company's needs. Call CTBK at 716-630-2400. Again, 716-630-2400. Or go to ctbk.com to learn more about CTBK's outsourced solutions.